This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. In today's episode, I'm going to be teaching you a simple but powerful practice strategy that I first kind of put a name to and revealed in a masterclass that I gave at our recent Learn Jazz Live 2021 Virtual Summit. And this is a practice strategy that I implement in a lot of my courses, of course, in my own playing and any other students that I've taught in the past. I've used this practice strategy to help accelerate the process of becoming a better jazz improviser and making sure that while practicing, you're utilizing all the elements of the material you're learning to really make quicker progress. So I'm excited about this episode. It's a quick but powerful one. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, videos, and a membership all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. Yes, like I said, today's episode is short and sweet, but it does pack a really big punch, and that's because we're talking about the concept of practicing. Practicing, to me, being the most important thing that you can do to become a better jazz musician, and not just practicing in and of itself or practicing for a lot of hours and all of that stuff that is conventional wisdom. I'm talking about deep practicing, the kind of practicing that goes beneath the surface, the kind of practicing that has a strategy, that has a goal to it. Uh, Practicing that's really going to speed up your progress rather than just mindlessly noodling or working on things for too long or working on things for too little. And the list goes on and on of the multitude of sins one can commit when trying to practice to become a better jazz musician and improviser. It's my LRC practice strategy, and I know that it's going to be a simple concept for you to both remember and to immediately apply into your practice sessions. Before we do that, though, of course, this episode is sponsored by my LJS Inner Circle membership. The LJS Inner Circle is monthly jazz standard studies in our jazz standards club where we work on an etude, chords analysis. There's a training video. We work on exercises to help us play the tune, and we work on it with a community of other musicians. This is also all of my courses, premium practice programs, where we actually do use this strategy in quite a few of them. And it's also Basics 101 courses to help fill in the blanks. It's monthly jazz masterminds, which are monthly live Q&A calls that we do with me, as well as a really vibrant community of all kinds of musicians playing all sorts of instruments, all different skill levels, working, practicing, growing together. So if you want to join us over there, become a member, go to ljsinnercircle.com. We'd love to have you. And we'll see you on the other side. All right, let's jump right in to this LRC strategy. Okay, so the LRC practice strategy. This is a really good strategy for really almost anything that you plan on working on and practicing. Now, of course, many of us are practicing 
different things, and that's totally okay. I'm going to be giving some examples today of things that you could practice and apply this strategy to. But you know, I'm sure that once you understand the strategy and the simplicity of it, you'll be able to apply this to whatever you're working on as a jazz musician at this very moment. So the LRC strategy, let's start with the very first one. It's an acronym, obviously. And the first one is, is to learn. That's pretty simple, right? You need to learn something, right? Now, what are some things that you could learn as a jazz musician that's going to help you? Well, let's start going through a list. A, you could learn uh, you know, a new jazz standard head. You could learn the chord progressions to that jazz standard. So that's what I call jazz repertoire. Okay. You could also work on learning a new jazz solo. I call that macro jazz language. You could learn uh, a piece of micro jazz language. I call those licks over a 2-5-1 chord progression, for example, or a 1-6-2-5 or a 1-4-3-6, whatever it happens to be, a little musical idea that you like and you take inspiration from a great jazz musician that you appreciate. Okay. So that's micro jazz language. You could also learn an etude, right? Etudes are kind of like solos when we talk about them in a jazz context, only they're composed and they are specifically usually composed to help derive some sort of musical concept to you, right? Maybe it's just bebop language. Maybe it's whatever. We do a lot of etudes in my inner circle membership, you know, to help people play chord changes. So an etude is a great idea and that's a piece of macro jazz language as well that you can go ahead and work on. Now, you could also work and learn new technical exercises, right? So you could learn a new pattern on a scale. Maybe you're just learning a new scale because you don't know the scale. Uh, You could be learning some new voicings if you're a piano player or a guitar player, right? Um, You could be learning some new fingerings if you're a horn player. So some of these more technical sides of things that you could possibly be doing. Now, I find that in general, the things to learn as a jazz musician to improve fall under those three categories, which are technique, repertoire, and jazz language. Jazz language being learning the solos and all that stuff. Uh, That's all really important stuff to me. I call those my three pillars of jazz improvisation. So the very first thing we need to do in our strategy is to learn something. Now, I go and go way further with this stuff with my practice plans, where we're talking about how do you break up the, the material learn like how do you actually learn something i have uh one that i call the pizza practice plan which is essentially you have a you know like think imagine a whole pizza right and the pizza is what you're trying to learn all you're doing is you're cutting that piece of pizza up into whatever eight slices or so in other words you're breaking up your practice session into eight sections it's a pretty simple concept as well but it's powerful when we think about it that way for example when one is to learn an entire jazz solo or even just one chorus of a jazz solo by ear, that can be very overwhelming to someone, especially if you're not used to learning things by ear. However, if you just learn four bars or eight bars or the first phrase of a solo in one practice session and only work on that and then pat yourself at the end of the day on the back and say, hey, that was a good day's work, It's going to end up accumulating by the time you're done going through the practice plan. You're going to have effectively gone through that entire solo, learned that entire solo, and internalized that entire solo. Therefore, you've got this powerful learning mechanism, right? The first part of the strategy. You've learned it. Now, I have other 
strategies for learning material as well and that's not really that's just kind of the basics of the strategy there's more to it like adding review sessions in there and a few other things right but it uses that first learn element of our LRC practice strategy. So there's a lot of different ways you can go about learning material, right? And that's a, that's a that's different episodes. I've covered that many times on this podcast. But we start there. We start with learning. You got to learn some kind of material because as jazz musicians, we need to learn new jazz standards. The jazz standards will teach you how to play. We need to learn jazz language. We have to figure out how do the great jazz musicians that we admire speak? How do they communicate with other musicians? How do they navigate those chord changes? So it's going to be difficult for us to be able to speak our own way to create great solos and play the chord changes if we don't really understand how others did it before us, right? I mean, even if we just learn theory like scales and, you know, all kinds of chord scale theory tricks, I mean, that stuff is helpful, but that's not actual language. That's just scales over chords. So we have to learn stuff like that in order to get it. And even learning theory too, right? I mean, maybe tritone substitution is something that really helps you figure out how to hit those altered sounds over top of a five chord resolving to a one chord. Maybe that is a concept that helps you. Well, you have to learn that concept and learn it in a myriad of different ways, which is kind of going to actually go to my next uh, step here in the strategy, which is refine. So we have learn and R stands for refine. Okay. Now this is uh, a very important part of the process a very important the process part of the process in the sense that a lot of people just learn material and then just that's it they toss it away i learned that bar and i'm done well the here's the thing what we're going for when we're learning is not just to learn something in the moment but to retain that information right especially tunes right we want to retain tunes be able to you know play them at a moment's notice we don't want to forget them so much so we want to Add the refining step of the process so that we can retain the information that we're learning. Now, there's a couple different ways that we can refine. I'll give a couple examples here. So the first one is super simple and super obvious and super easy, and that is simply to review. So let's go back to some of the practice plans I was talking about, like the pizza practice plan, for example. You know, you learn something one day and you may learn something the next day in your practice session. But then instead of learning more information, it's time to just stop for a second and just spend a whole practice session reviewing the material that you learned before, right? That's an important thing to do. So reviewing is just a a refining mechanism that you can put into place. Um, It could be that after you learn an entire, you do a whole project's worth of stuff, like a whole solo or something or a new tune, then you spend like a week or two or maybe even three weeks just reviewing that tune, right? Let's just say you're working on a jazz standard and you're just practicing improvising and playing the head and playing the chord changes and all that stuff. Just lots of review. You're not learning something new. You already learned it. You're refining it. You're just really spending a lot of time, you know, going over it over and over again, maybe playing it in different contexts, right? Which brings me to the next way you can refine material, and that is to bring it into different contexts. And a great example of how you could take a simple piece of musical information is to take it into another key, or even if you want to go you know, all out on it, all 12 keys. So I find that if you learned, for example, a lick, a 2-5-1 lick in the key of concert B flat major, it feels different 
no matter what instrument you play, and it sounds different no matter what instrument you play, in a different key. And the other thing, too, is B-flat major, that's a pretty common key to play a 2-5-1 in jazz standards. But D-flat major is a little less common, and B major is a, is a lot less common, right? But, however, often in jazz standards, even if a tune is in a key, there's lots of different key center changes and cycling through different changes. I'm thinking about a tune like All the Things You Are. All the Things You Are goes to a flat major, all the things you are goes to G major. All things you are goes to um, uh, C major. It goes to E major. So it's cycling through a lot of these different keys, even though it's in A flat major. So taking something into another key is only going to help you not only be more flexible in the different key that you're working on, it's going to help you retain that information more, right? Because you're playing the same piece of musical information in a bunch of different contexts that you will actually most likely have to play that in or that you'll want to be able to play that in. So taking stuff into other keys is a great way to refine what you're working on. So review is a great way to refine and in different contexts is a great way to refine. Um, For example, if you're really just trying to get down the guide tones, those are the thirds and sevenths of the chords, and you learn that over top of the jazz standard autumn leaves. It's a great idea to take autumn leaves into another key using those guide tones. It's going to ensure that you're really getting what the guide tones are of the chords, even though they're the same chords, I mean the same chords numerically, right, as they function in a chord progression. You're learning that in a different key, okay? So you're going to know what those thirds and sevenths are of those chords. And even if just the, you're trying to get the concepts of thirds and sevenths, the guide tones in general, you could also try applying that over a different tune. Maybe you already know another tune, so you don't need to learn the the tune, but you can apply guide tones over top of that tune because you're trying to refine the concept of guide tones. So that's another way that you can refine there. So the two main ones being refining by review and refining by bringing it into different contexts. Okay? So first you learned something new. Then you refined it. Now, the very last thing to do is probably the most important step, in my opinion, and that is to create. Okay, so C stands for create. We have learn, refine, and now we're at create. Now, creation is hugely important in my mind to really being able to internalize material that you've learned in a way that you're actually going to remember it. And not only that in a way that more organically will come out in your playing. Also, to help you start developing your own musical language. So let me explain myself here. So far, let's pretend that we've learned an etude over top of a jazz standard, okay? An etude. Well, solo, right? That was composed for us. And then I refined that by, let's say I took it into another key. And I reviewed it as I went, right? I learned it in little chunks, reviewing, reviewing, reviewing. And then when I was done learning the etude, I took it into another key just to refine it in a different way. Okay, so at this point, I know the musical material pretty well. And I actually have discovered some really cool concepts from that etude that I like. Just maybe the way that the five chord was played to the one chord. Maybe it was this melodic minor thing that I identified in there. There's a myriad of different things perhaps I could have taken away from this etude and maybe liked more than other parts of the etude. And I want to be able to express that even better. 
Well, we don't want to just regurgitate this etude the next time we're improvising over this tune. That's not really improvising, is it? And a lot of times I have students that are like, hey, Brent, I learned this lick and I'm having a hard time playing it in my solo. Well, the problem is, is you're trying to play it in the solo. You're trying to premeditate it. You're trying to copy and paste it into a moment in time that was not created for your moment in time. So what do we do? We need to create something. And I think the best way to create is to compose. Now, composing, again, it's, it's a cliche thing to say, but it's, it's kind of like improvising, but it's slowed down. You're still improvising while you're composing. It's just you have a lot of time to think about it and edit what you're actually doing. So what I would do is I would take that same jazz standard that you learned the etude over, and I would go through and start composing my own solo, not necessarily writing it down, but just you know, playing and memorizing what I'm creating as I go. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be taking inspiration from this etude, and I'm going to be composing it a different way, right? I might like this particular lick in this etude, and I'm going to use the concept that I like from that lick but I'm going to rewrite it my own way. I'm going to dream up the solo that I've always wanted to play, at least to the best of what I can do right now, the best of my ability. But I'm going to use the information I learned as a tool. And maybe I've learned other information in the past as well that I can also apply to that composition. Okay, so now I'm creating something from the information that I've learned. And now it's connecting with my brain in a different way you're more likely to play something that you've created versus something that someone else created. So you're taking what someone else created, you're refining it in your own way and creating something that really expresses you versus somebody else. And it's most likely that the concepts that stuck out to you from that etude that you learned are the ones that are going to more likely stick with you. And if you do it in your own way, even more so. Okay, so that's the creation phase. And of course, improvising in itself is also part of the creation phase. You do have to practice improvising to get better at it. You can't just compose solos all the time and then expect yourself to be a great improviser. That will help quite a bit. I highly suggest composing. But at the end of the day, you do just have to improvise and practice improvising a little bit. And you can use the inspiration from the the musical material you learned in your solo while you're improvising. You can meditate on that and purposefully try to work on certain concepts. Maybe, you know, for some reason, uh, you know, whatever reason it could be, the, the sharp 11 was often played on the dominant seventh chords in this etude. Well, that could be your goal. I'm going to play, I'm going to uh, improvise, and as often as possible, try to hit the sharp 11s of the dominant seventh chords, just to see what that sounds like, just to explore, just to experiment. And you just practice that. And that's creating, right? It's creating, but it's not just creating from nothing. It's creating from the material that you've learned. So creation is super important, not only for internalization, but also for being able to express yourself better and more organically play the things that you've learned. Okay, so that is the LRC method, the LRC practice strategy that I'd recommend you start thinking about applying to your practice sessions. And my challenge to you is to think of one thing that you want to work on in practice and how you can apply this LRC strategy to whatever that is. Well, I thought this was going to be a short episode, but I guess it wasn't really a short episode. Uh, that's classic me. Uh, classic me. Just, just keep talking and keep explaining. 
Uh, but I hope this was helpful for you. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope that this was something that you can take immediate action on and start getting a lot of value from. Like I said at the beginning of the uh, episode, uh, my LGS Inner Circle membership, we would love to have you join us over there. It's really a powerful community of like-minded musicians all working together. Everybody's playing different instruments. We have guitar players and piano players and bass players and violin players. Uh, we even have a lap steel player that recently joined. Uh, it's really a cool, fun environment. Uh, a lot of people on different levels too. Like there, there are people that are very beginner jazz musicians. There are people that are intermediate. There are a few people that are slightly more advanced. But it's a really supportive community of people learning together. And community is important. And we work on stuff that applies these kinds of strategies to our practicing, so that we have effective practice. And we provide the content for you so you can have the material you need to practice, the stuff that's really going to move the needle in your jazz playing. So check out ljsinnercircle.com and see if the membership is right for you. If it is, don't hesitate. Don't wait. Join us and we'll be happy to have you. Okay, we'll be coming out with another episode next week on the LJS podcast. Until then, happy practicing and have a great, awesome week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.